stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Oh, oh, that's how rough riders roll. Welcome back to Free Game D Podcast. It's your boy JYB Spy. And before we start the show, as always, I want to get started with the triple A, which is the angel number, angel action steps, and the angel affirmation of the day. So the angel number for today is number four. This number um, supports diligence. It is important that you are careful and precise in the things you do. Use this energy to make important decisions that foster balance through mindfulness. Do not be careless and have concern for what you do. Give your full attention to the task at hand. And the action steps when deciding whether or not you have too much going on today in terms of work or obligations. Picture a scale in your mind and put the obligation or work activity on one side of the scale and find something to put on the other side of the scale to create balance in your life. And the affirmation of the day is, I create balance in my life by weighing my choices. When I find balance, my soul rejoices. All right, let's start the show. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. You, you, as least, at least my guest is laughing at my pain. Anyway, um, did you want to introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Since you're laughing at me and I'm fake upset, so go ahead. All right. So, you know, hello, you guys. My name is Kenny Heflin. I am the creator and host of my podcast, Nude Radio with Kenny Heflin. And of course, it streams on all podcast streaming, you know, so definitely check it out. We talk love, sex, and relationships amongst the millennial folk and Gen Z's. So. Oh my God, your voice! I just <laughs> you should you should have been a host of Midnight Love. Well, I used to love Midnight Love. Like I grew up watching, <laughs> and of course, I have some aspirations on uh, you know one day maybe having a nighttime talk show. That would be so dope. So, um, hey everybody, um, welcome back. Um, as you can see, I have Kenny here. It's very very interesting person thank you i have a few questions i'll start off with like icebreakers okay and i know you're normally calm and like collected but i want to kind of like get you out of your comfort zone is that okay sure okay so i'll start like (laughs) and like i said i've done my research so i kind of know your your pressure points i know Mm -hmm. how to trigger you but i'm not gonna go to (laughs) <laughs> too bad like, let's do it okay i love that you're not scared That's, yeah. wait have you been on someone's podcast before <laughs> did i pop am i popping your podcast cherry? you're popping my interview cherry oh okay yes no okay but i've been like a co-host on a few different shows and um now it's looking like a lot of people want me to co-host on their show and everything like that but you are popping the cherry as far as me actually being interviewed okay so, so uh, yes. i set the bar pretty high there mm, okay okay so who inspires you the most uh, uh who inspires me the most i would probably have to say that 
my parents are two key, you know, members of, you know, my, my inspiration group, I would say like, uh, they, you know, they raised me, they raised me well, and Mm -hmm. it was a co-parenting situation and I couldn't forever grateful for two amazing people that always let me be who I wanted to be. Um, you know, so that runs really deep and we have like very uh, close relationships and stuff. And then, you know, I inspire myself, you know? Yes. I knew you were going to say that. I, I actually did. Okay. Um, that's actually, um, you know, we were talking about the episodes that I was listening to. I just love the relationship that you have with your parents. Mm-hmm. So adorable. So um, when was the last time you were happy? The last time I was happy, I would say genuine happiness would probably come around. Hmm. That's a really good question. I think like with, uh, I would probably say when I was eh, in Dallas uh, for Christmas, you know, I was back home. You know, when I was being back home with family and stuff like that brought me happiness and like back in my old stomping grounds, that was, mm-hmm. that was joyful. But if anything, I would probably say that my time, you know, when I went to San Francisco, you know, last summer, just to get my ass like out of LA, uh, San mm-hmm. Francisco always brings me happiness. I wanted that I'm to happy, be kind I'm, of one. I'm happy throughout, like, I mean, obviously, like, I'm happy throughout, like, the days and stuff like that, but, like, sheer happiness mm-hmm. and joy, I would say, like, uh, whenever I'm able to travel. Okay. Yeah. Dang, that was one of my questions. Okay, well, um, how often do you compliment yourself? I compliment myself every day. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Is there anyone that you want to talk to right now that you can't talk to? No. Anybody that I... Anybody that I would want to talk to but can't talk to, I shouldn't be talking to. Okay. Good answer. Do you know why I asked you that question? (laughs) Of course. It's from one of your... Okay. I was just saying if you were keeping track. Okay. <laughs> Are you currently in love or dating? I am not currently in love and I am not uh dating at the moment, you know. So yeah. Okay. I'm being pushed okay. through and I'm I'm navigating uh through that, but uh oh, yeah. how's that going? You know, it's I, I just <laughs> covered it in the first episode of my season two of, of New Radio. Mm-hmm. But, I figured that was the topic. I, I, I do, I do cover it, um, but yeah, it's it's a little, it's it's scary to say the least. Mm. It's scary, so I'm not really feeling as if I am uh, at the point where I should be having any business, even entertaining anyone in that type of way. So it's it's mm. really interesting, yeah. 
You know, okay, so for everyone who's listening, those five questions were very intentional. So I was listening to um, Nude Radio, which you all should do. And I was kind of putting these questions together for a specific reason. So I'll get back to that on why I asked you those questions. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk more about Nude Radio. Yes. So, because it is a great show. Like, I really was up, like, late last night. All in my feelings. I'm not going to oh. hold that against you. I'm not going to hold that against you. But I want to know, how did Nude Radio begin? Sure. So, no, thank you for showing love to Nude Radio. It's definitely a podcast that was, you know, I would say about six years in the making, damn near. Mm-hmm. And it was a product of being someone I don't know what it is about me like since I've been of age I've been approached by strangers you know by family members by friends I've always been uh approached in a way where people felt comfortable you know disclosing deep dark secrets about themselves uh times where again I'm sitting there soaking in all of this information they're giving me and I'm thinking like, damn, like y'all are trusting me with all of this, this, this baggage and this, this, you know, this news. Like, I mean, I, most times, like I say, literally perfect stranger. So um, ever since I was a teenager, I was, the, I used to call myself like the Dr. Phil of my friends, like my family. Oh, um, I, I get that. It's the voice. I'm telling you, Kenny, it's just the voice. I never understood. And uh, well, it's more than that. Um yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's more than the voice thing. It's definitely your insight. You definitely do have a <laughs> a trustworthy sort of um, disposition, even like when you're giving your um, feedback. And this is just from like hearing conversations that you observation. So yeah, I it's see that. I could see that, but again, like it's it was literally from perfect strangers, like people. Mm-hmm. Who, did not know me um, that were just getting to know me like after a minute. Um, I've had so many people cry on my show. I mean, oh my God, it, it gets deep. But uh, when I moved out to LA, you know, um, I would probably say like that's when things kind of started to shape what I wanted to do as far as, you know, first off, identifying what the fuck was going on with this consistent you know, thing that I was getting with people coming to me and, and starting conversation. Um, so I moved to LA. Um, I moved from Dallas in 2012. I was uh, 22 years old. I had never, you know, been to California before. Didn't know anybody here and didn't have a job, um, you know, set aside. Something did uh, happen, but it did fa- uh, fall through. So technically I did move here unemployed and um you know i'm originally born and raised in michigan but i went to college in dallas and that is my second home i, I love dallas texas forever but uh, kenny you are messing stuff up like i was gonna let you know that i had knew all that like from the rest of the question like i knew that but okay, okay. Go ahead. so um so yeah i got out here and i was 22 years old i just remember every single time that I was at, you know, a kickback, a, a barbecue, a game night, you know, a, a, what they call out here in L.A. a function, you know, 
anytime that people or even outside the club, like in the little smoking area, whatever to let out, anytime that people could hear me speak, um, they would always, and again, these could be strangers. They would always, you know, catch me alone and start talking to me and, oh, yeah, 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 you know, stuff or whatever. And then the conversation would always shift. Now, mind you, I, I'm not initiating this conversation. Mm-hmm. They would bring up something about love, sex, relationships. And then we would probably be gone. Here I am now, you know, being the 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 bearer of of whatever burden <laughs> they're giving me. Mm-hmm. It didn't have it never had to be like anything like negative or whatever, but it was just like it would get to the point where uh, people would probably be looking, where's Kenyon and such and such. And then they come in uh, wherever we are and then they hear our conversation. And now a group is forming around us. And now here I am facilitating a conversation around love, sex, relationships. And my my close friends who know me, they'll be like, Kenny, we know that you didn't start that conversation. And again, it's not nothing that was negative or whatever, but mm-hmm. they started noticing the trend as well. And um, I would probably say I didn't start thinking about a podcast until 2015 for sure. Um, I know I thought about it in 2014, but definitely 2015, uh, where I wanted it to, to be what Nude Radio is now. I just kept juggling with uh, what the name would be and all that stuff and everything and just how would I get started. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's how I started. Um, it's been years in the making because I grew up listening to talk radio and mm-hmm. I have like my, um, my role models in a way of uh, talk radio, you know, so... I wanted it to shape it around there and stuff and have it like old school. You do give me like a black gay Howard Stern. I love Howard Stern is is one of those role models. Uh, Wendy Williams is one of those uh, role models. <laughs> and because uh, I, I grew up listening to both people, you know, back like literally when Wendy was in her essence in radio. So my mom listened to Wendy, you know, so it's just like, as I'm mad, I missed that era. It was a, like the radio, Wendy. I heard it was like way more oh, it ridiculous was, than what it was. It was, what it, is now. it was so <laughs> like, you're like, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. So yeah, Wendy and uh, Howard Stern for sure. And then, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss sex talk, um, of course, I didn't have any business watching that show as a child, but um, I used to tune in to her and watch her old ass, uh, you know, slide condoms down a banana and uh, mm-hmm. talk about, you know, <laughs> lessons in fellatio. So how much did you learn from her? Oh, that's not a, a question, but I just wanted to know. <laughs> I learned a lot. I was a kid who, because I had older siblings, like, you know, 10 years older than I was. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, so... I knew a lot just because they were teenagers as I was a child. So I had a childhood. I had a beautiful childhood. Amazing. I mean, I was a child of the 90s. Come on now, you know. But Mm -hmm. I did also know more than what most children should probably not know just when it comes to love and sex and relationships. (laughs) And look, it all came 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 Now you can use that information that you got and help other people yes Mm. okay so who is your dream guest or what it's like 
Well, I don't know about the topic. Yeah, who's your dream guest? Ooh. Mm, let's see. You know, I would I would love to I would love to interview uh Wendy Williams. <laughs> yeah. I I would love that. Ooh. She would give obviously so good great talk and I She would. Ugh. I could oh God to get Wendy in a, a intimate setting and just to talk shit. I would love to uh, have a chat with the the radio queen, you know, and um, even the other radio queen, you know, Miss Angie Martinez, the legend, you know, I would love. Oh, yes. You know, so it's, it's a lot of people that I look up to when it comes to talk radio. Again, you know, Howard Stern, I would love to talk to Joe Rogan. Um, there's the list, mm-hmm. the list, like those are like my top four, I would say. Okay. So name something that you learned about yourself in doing the show. So I learned that I can actually do it. You know, I'm, I'm not shocked of the conversation topic. Obviously, again, it's been circling around my life forever, but Mm -hmm. so I'm very comfortable with that. And also just the fact that I've always been a very transparent person you know, I do feel that, you know, is no need to um, hide away from certain topics or whatever like that. Or, you know, I don't feel like it's a reason. I, one of my, my things that I say all the time is like, if you have to lie, if you feel that you have to lie about something, then don't talk about it. Just, you know, help you from lying, you know, so... Oh yes, <laughs> that needs to be on Clubhouse. Like honestly, before you guys log on, I think but, with people yeah. on Clubhouse, like I think people they don't have interesting lives, and Ooh. a lot of times, and this is not everybody, but most people from my observation on Clubhouse, uh, I love the platform that Clubhouse is, and I love what it's done for the growth of nude radio, and because mm-hmm. I use it for promotion. And it's been doing exactly what I wanted it to do when I first started uh, Clubhouse in November. But I do feel that Clubhouse has given a voice to people who may not have been. Didn't need one. And who didn't need a voice. And I try to use, that's why I say you're like way more patient than I am. Because I really (laughs) try to use Clubhouse for that. Uh But I get so irritated and I just have to remove myself. Yeah, yeah. you have to know how to separate certain things, protect your peace and stuff. And you have to remember exactly every time I I can tell people, like whenever it's drama and stuff, I tell people if first off, I think a lot of people don't have a focus on why they're on the app in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that derails most logic on Clubhouse. (laughs) so they're not really able to center exactly like you know okay let me tone it down let me like calm the fuck down or shut the fuck up you know so it's it's that group them people i love when you curse <laughs> it's, it's so shocking i cuss a lot i come from a cussing okay i know but um i'm used to your professional voice now okay so what is your favorite type of wine <laughs> I know you have one. Go ahead. Expose yourself. Oh, I, I love to be exposed. Uh, so I love a beautifully bold Cabernet. Mm. Yeah. 
You are so classy. I can't remember. A nice, like, bow, full, fruit forward, jammy, slightly oaky. Mm, I love it so much. I'm surprised you're not drinking um, anyone. It's, right it's not late enough. Yeah, that's, that's not, it's not late enough. My bad. And I don't know if I might. That's why I said, do you want to push it back? Because I got some wine in there chilling. I don't know right if now. I might, you know, have like, you know, some company maybe. Who knows? We'll see. You know what? I'm glad you said that. Okay, so yeah. I'm doing this strictly for Cadero. <laughs> in your own words, what does the word cocky mean to you? Cock. No, not co- see. I knew you were gonna t- not cock, cocky, cock. because that's what I'm gonna name this episode, cocky Kenny. Um, cocky. I would say like we don't hear that use like we used to hear it, like you know, in the, the late '90s and early 2000s and stuff to describe somebody. I would say that somebody who's cocky is someone who. Ugh, I don't like those people. I think cocky in essence describes somebody who is like full of themselves and, you know, they just, again, like, like the old folks would say like that they shit don't stink. Yeah. And it's a difference (laughs) between cocky and confident, you know? So yeah, confident I can fuck with, but cocky, cocky, that's, that's now, now we have better, usage of our vocabulary and we will I've, i feel like we hear uh people say like you know that person's arrogant you know mm-hmm. which again is cocky but it's like the the you know dumbed down version of arrogant yeah that's not the definition i was um going for i just because i know you love that word cock i just want to throw that in there you, <laughs> i hate <laughs> It's such a polarizing word, cock. Yeah, I, you made me like look up the definition and everything of that word because I was like, "Where the fuck does this come?" It sounds from? good when it comes off like you know through the mic, and I I don't use. Real- and you know why they said? You know why they started using that? <laughs> no, I'm I'm sure you do. You don't. I may have learned it before, but in fresh, refreshing my memory because um. You know, a rooster, it gets up in the morning and they say, like, a cock, it gets up in the morning in the same way. Ooh. And I'm like, that's really why they... That okay. makes sense. Well, Cock-a-doo-doo-doo. Please stop. Please stop using that word, Kenny. Please. Like you can't bring that to midnight, love. You can't bring that to midnight. Oh, they're going to be not that word. cock. <laughs> of course, like I say, y'all, I don't use that word in real life. I like to use... He does. He used it on Clubhouse all the time. Yeah, I like to use it on Clubhouse. I like to use it to shake it up a little bit because it's such a polarizing word. It really disturbs people. (laughs) I I really use dick. Like, if I'm talking about, you know, you know, penis, I'm talking about some dick. I like sucking and sucking (laughs) up cock. But it does sound funnier, though, cock. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I had to get that out. Mm. Okay, so... You didn't throw me all the way off. Okay, so what makes you special, Kenny? What makes me special? Ooh. So, what makes me special is I I am a naturally optimistic person. I am sad energy. Yes, uh, as a sad. <laughs> 
Today's podcast is presented by Podco. Podco is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Let them know that Free Game, the podcast sent you. That's Free Game for you, y'all. So I'll pick back up. Uh, what? Okay, so, all right. As a Sagittarian, we are naturally optimistic. We are very much the ambitious adventurers and, you know, natural philosophers of the Zodiac. So I love to learn new things. You know, I make it a point to learn about five new things a day. That was a a goal that I set for myself years ago. And it all comes in different waves throughout the day and stuff like that. But I learned more than five things just soaking up just new information and things because I just love seeing how the world works and the meaning behind things. And, you know, I love hearing people's, you know, thoughts and their ideologies, you know, what makes them tick, you know, like, that's why I started Nude Radios, because I wanted to hear other people's perspectives on love, sex and relationships, you know, and how it differs from mine, you know, how it differs from people that I may be close to, you know, so um, I would say like, that would be something that is part of what makes me special, but also the fact that, you know, I'm a people's person, you know, I'm, I'm very much like that personable guy. Um, and I've taken uh, all of the lessons, you know, that I've been given from, you know, people I've, I've referred to as leaders, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, you know, if I'm an energy magnet for people, okay, I'll be that, you know, obviously it must be something to it. So I'm just gonna fucking roll with it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very complex. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, I think I had said to you like, um, you're very layered, very layered. I actually, and people tell me that often, and again, like I just know that myself, just because I'm very self reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's funny because like I've always considered myself uh, an onion. I don't know if you or anybody you know grew up watching Shrek, but I remember mm-hmm. uh, Shrek. Um, referring to himself as an onion, you know, saying that ogres have, have layers, many layers. Mm-hmm. And once I had moved out to LA, people were like, don't say onion. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a parfait. Because <laughs> I love a good parfait. Mm. You are so freaking classy. Wow. I love a good parfait. So I now call myself a parfait because like I'm, I'm very, and I know this, like I'm used to shocking the closest people to me, I'm used to shocking them and rather it may be certain interests that I may be in or certain talents that I may have or certain conversations I'm able to like, you know, uh, engage in. They'll be like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh yeah, because we, we just never talked about that particular thing until now. Mm-hmm. So now you're learning that I do do this or I am talented in this or I do have an interest in that or whatever like that. So I'm an ever, ever going 
just a mystery sometimes even to myself. you're multi-dimensional but i still want to hear you mm-hmm. saying um i haven't heard that and you love to shimmy your way out of the conversation every time you're really good at it and that's interesting as well but i am more interested <laughs> in what your voice really sounds like so whenever you're comfortable just you know you and i both i'm very interested in that too you know what? Okay. That's fine. So when was the last time you cried? I cried yesterday, actually. Oh, why'd you cry, Kenny? I was, you know, uh, I was in my feelings yesterday. I was in my feelings, y'all. Oh, kind of like you put me in my feelings? That's okay. So I, we're even. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. I let's stay second real quick. Feelings. Uh, So yesterday, I was... Again, obviously, you know, I'm preparing to, to air the first episodes of season two of New Radio. Mm-hmm. That is picking up on where we left off from the last episode. I left on a cliffhanger and people... Plug, been, plug, plug. Y'all go listen to that. I won't plug it, yes. Um, people have been like, oh my God, what happened next? What's going on? What's going on? I've been like re- withholding certain information until, you know, the first episode uh, just to keep that that fresh but i was in the know that that was going to be happening but Mm -hmm. also i have been um i don't know if you're familiar with uh robert glasper he's amazing if y'all know how do you spell that so it's robert the regular spelling Mm -hmm. you know it's not you know any exotic way uh but then glasper it is uh, G-L-A-S-P-E-R, Glasper. Okay. Yeah, he's an amazing producer. Um, for I mean, he has, he's like neo-soul, jazz, R&B mix. He's like Ooh. the DJ Khaled of that. Like, ugh, if I can get a... a a, a song with Robert Glasper on oh my fucking god like um we gotta hear your voice first but uh, I, feel, <laughs> I feel he'll be able to bring out something to me but um for like the last oh. week or so I have been trying to figure out my um, playlist for April because I make playlists every month you know and, I, I didn't know that wait a minute see it's part of uh, many layers um so <laughs> People who know, like, on social media, like, they know, like, Kenny makes, you know, playlists every month and stuff. Um, you know, y'all can find me at Kenny Heflin, you know, on Apple Music. It's it's right there. But, yeah, I make a playlist every month, um, and it's, it's all based off of whatever mood that I'm in that particular month. So I make sure that uh, every song uh, reflects that mood. I, I line songs up that sonically melt into each other and stuff, and then... I like to um, create like a tone, you know, with with music. Cause I love music, so I'm always digging for new artists and stuff like that. Like their different um, songs and like again, just different indie artists and whatnot. But Robert Glasper was on my mind, and um, he had a song uh, called "Aya," yeah, and it's with Music Soul Child and Christette Michelle. And I put it on my story yesterday, and um, that song put me in a in a in a in a frenzy of feelings because it made me feel like wanting to be in love. Ooh. 
Yes. You're triggering me. I, okay. Well, that song, that song triggered me. Um, and the song is amazing. Y'all go listen to it. But it it made me feel like I wanted to be in love. And, and the song is beautiful. It made me want love again and stuff. And then I had a conflicting moment where I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm ready for that. For I don't think I'm ready to put myself out there to even receive love in that type of way because I'm afraid of possibly, you know, getting uh, brokenhearted again or whatever. So it was a conflicting feeling of wanting to be in love, but then being afraid. So I had a little moment outside of uh, Sprouts where I was listening to the damn song and I was like, oh my God. And I actually had to write um, you know, a little poem in my in my car. So it wasn't like a well, I'm cry. glad you got it out. So it was just like a, a release cry. Yeah, yeah, like and and I'm not like I've never been I am an emotional person, but like a lot of times, you know, people have never seen me cry because it's often like I don't like doing that anyways in front of people. But mm-hmm. then also it just is very brief as far as like the actual tears. I'll mm-hmm. feel whatever needs to be felt, but the actual tears and stuff, it's very short. Like it's, it's, you know, two tears drop, but the feeling is there. You feel me? So, you know what that's called? I thug cry. <laughs> I thug cry. Okay, well, I guess I thug cry. You did a thug cry. Thug Let cry that Detroit out of you. Let You should have just go ahead and Mariah Carey wall slide it if you needed to. <laughs> yeah. You just need to let it out. Just scream, throw some shit around. See, let it out. Yeah, like, and that's the thing, like, it's very brief. It's like, it's just a short release and it's like a pressure that builds up and once the tear drops, it's like, okay, now I feel better, you know, or I may, need to, mm-hmm. like I say, I may need to actually write, you know, so... Um, I had to write something, you know, and and had to write it down and uh, describe what my love feels like. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're you're not going to distract me. Um, I'm very distracting. I'm glad. I know. That's a good way to deflect. (laughs) But um, I'm glad you got that out. I do want to hear that, though. Yeah. The poem. Yeah. um, Later. Okay. So I'm glad you talked about that. Mm -hmm. So your last dating experience what was the lesson that you learned so uh, uh, mm-hmm. the last dating experience i learned the only lesson i did actually learn from that experience was to listen to my intuition at all times that was my goal for or if you want to call it new year's resolution that has mm-hmm. been my my resolution for 2021. It, to listen to your intuition. Yeah, because one thing about me, I've always been extremely intuitive. And mm-hmm. I have just felt like, you know what? I need to do better about listening to that because in certain situations, because, you know, maybe it is my, my zodiac sign or whatever, we are very you know, Sagittarius were very inquisitive. You know, I've been that person mm-hmm. since my since I've been existing. So I'm very curious. Um, and then I'm also very optimistic, not to the point where I'm naive, but I still practice realism. And mm-hmm. when you have that intuition that pops in, it kind of blurs the line and you kind of want to just take a step out on faith and be like, you know, let's see, like if I get hurt, I get mm-hmm. hurt, you know, 
what's what's the worst that can happen? So I live on the edge. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm constantly living on that edge or whatever. So I would probably have to say that you know just keeping track of of listening to that that gut feeling because baby it has been right it has been right. don't you hate it when you're right sometimes though like but i just really all the time, was hoping though. that all the time. i was wrong this one time yeah, yeah. Time. um you're not alone in that i don't um want you to think you're alone in um just wanting to be in a relationship but also knowing you're not ready mm-hmm. um so i think you're you're on the right track Thank you. Um, I, I I hope I am. <laughs> See, when you're um everyone else is there, is you get um surprised when you come across someone like me. Mm, really? So um yes. So how did you make it through the eighth grade, Kenny? So eighth grade was a situation where you know I went to I was uh, transferring to a new school for my last year of middle school. And um, I was, that was the moment where, you know, as a preteen, you know, we're 13, you know, or 12 or 13, right? And Mm -hmm. we're coming into puberty and whatnot, and certain things starting to change. So eighth grade was different because, you know, I was always like the quiet kid, but also like everybody's friend at the same time. I was always a little weird um, to certain kids because I was into certain things that, different type of interest and I, I talked about adult things I talked about otherworldly you know metaphysical things and stuff you know kids and had a range and um, then you know came puberty and I think the shift happened where you know I went from being everybody's friend or like the friendly you know kid or whatever same thing like with um, like the the tomboys you know the the rough girls you know Mm-hmm. I went through a shift where we we both me and my female counterparts at the t- at the time we went from being oh that's the tomboy oh that's friendly Kenny and stuff like that to oh they're gay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah uh, I was the the new kid at a at a new school uh, this was gonna be my last year of middle school and. Uh, I was at an all black school at this time. And um, it was, it was interesting because um, I was, I was bullied, you know, like by my peers, uh, verbally bullied, not, not physically bullied because I got hands. I've been fighting all my life. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that to come out because listen, yeah. when you was like, uh, yeah, I've been fighting. So yeah, you know, I'm like <laughs> I, I'm from Detroit. Like I say, born and raised. Let them know. Let them know. And not saying that Detroit is badass, but because people in Detroit get their ass whooped too from other people in Detroit, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I I grew up around uh, uh, interesting mix of people, so it's just like I've been having a fight all my life because I've gone through certain bullying you know since i can remember but and i I did face uh in-house bullying from you know my older brother um but when i yeah i did face uh in-house bullying from my older brother even though again despite that i again i I had an amazing childhood Uh, besides those those times um i wouldn't let that overshadow anything but you know dealing with that in eighth grade with other peers was interesting. It was kind of traumatizing, you know, because 
I was having to, you know, leave, um, I was having to leave, you know, class early or leave class later to escape yeah. from, you know, that persecution in the hallway, you know, or um, having to get lunch early or whatever like that. Like I, I was having to eat lunch. A lot of times, like I would eat lunch in the library or. Yeah. You know. See, that's why I asked you that question because like when I heard that, like that really like broke my heart. Like I was like the fact that like that happens mm-hmm. and like people would like see it. Mm-hmm. And like, just let it go on. Kiss, kiss are mean. Uh, kiss, kiss are can be evil. Oh, I mean, okay, so I'm gonna go back a little bit because um, a lot of your story resonates with me, especially like being like the new kid. Mm-hmm. So my eighth grade wasn't as traumatic as that because like um, eighth grade was the year we moved from the south side of Houston to the north side, so it was kind of like we we're leaving like the black neighborhood to go to the white neighborhood and i was just like oh my god i'm getting away from the bullying i'm getting away from all this and it was just (laughs) as fucking bad with the white kids oh no yeah but um as you said you know i do know how to fight but um luckily i didn't have to like fight too much because of my mouth it's kind of like they knew i was crazy just by some of the shit i was when i I say like i know how to fight like i really mean that shit like i i grew Mm -hmm. up having to box um because I was bullied, you know, that, that in-home bullying, I was always having to, my, my, my second oldest brother, I mean, he's gotten better the last decade, but he was dreadful, you know, and he was a horrible, I don't know if it was because of sibling rivalry or what, but he was, that's a real thing. Yeah, he was absolutely horrible. So I was having to, um, to fight, you know, uh, pretty much every other day, if not definitely every weekend. Um, and he would, yeah, that's what connected with me. As yeah, well. like when you were saying they would like make you fight. I was like, well, I thought that was just me. Yeah. Like I, I had like older cousins and stuff, just like, yeah, you you're gonna be fighting today. Since you want to be gay, you're gonna make sure you know how to fight, and it was just like make you fight like random. Yeah, people. my my brother, like he, uh, like I say, he's gotten a lot better now. But he knows, you know, if he was ever to hear this episode again, we've had this conversation before, and it's like knowledge in the family and stuff like that obviously but he was horrible you know and uh he wanted me to actually get my ass beat it wasn't like a brother who mm-hmm. uh wanted just for their brother to be like rough you know uh it was no i want to see you get your ass like i want you to get hurt but because yeah. i'm me and i always persevere you made it through names and uh everybody used to always be shocked because i was always the quiet kid i was always you know in nature playing with animals and stuff look you kenny like no look you kenny fighting like that i have been the same my whole (laughs) life i've always minded my business and stuff so you know when i'm provoked then look why you kenny did that yeah Yeah. (laughs) people are like wait what and it's like well y'all y'all provoked me like i was literally choosing peace until y'all made me choose violence so yeah so eighth grade that's why i say like eighth grade it was uh it was verbal bullying which was still just as traumatic um Mm -hmm. but it got to the point where i did have to just confront the dudes and i was like look if and this was in the lunchroom i'm like y'all want to fight like if you don't like me that much we can fight right now that was my favorite part of the story 
Y'all have to listen to Nude Radio. It's really going to shock y'all. And they shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, but it's not- I was there, like, I was like in my bed, like, I know you did. Tell them they ain't do shit, did they? I, I, okay. I have mean hands. Like, I actually know, like, I'm trained in this shit. Like, if y'all want to mm-hmm. fight, then let's do it. I've been fighting, you know, at that age, I was 13, but been fighting for a good six years at that point. So, you know, if you want to do that, then let's do it. But, you know, because I was just raised uh, not to fight uh, from words. I, you know, my mom is like, She's rough. Like she don't want to talk me out of buck. But uh, I was I was raised to you know if somebody steps in your zone, you know you got to arm out. Mm-hmm. They come at you like that, you got to lay the ass out by any means necessary. So it was that. So I never wanted to fight over words. Um, but it did get to the point where I got to my boiling point almost past the damn year. God damn it! But. I was like, look, y'all want to fight? Let's do it. Please line up. I'm used to this. I do this every fucking day damn near. So <laughs> let's go. It's exercise to me. This is, this yeah, one. this is exercise. So they did stop or whatever, but I was still traumatized nonetheless. And that translated to, you know, me going into high school and stuff until I end up coming out. So, and that's a whole story by itself, too. Okay, I just want to get that out of the way because I, I was really proud of you for uh, sharing that story, first of all. And the fact that it resonated so much is like disturbing because I'm like, wow, this shit happens all the time and it's like normal to yeah. us. But um, I was glad you shared it. Okay, so you talked about the 90s a mm-hmm. lot. So your favorite 90s blockbuster movie. I'm going to give you some okay. choices. <laughs> because um, I love all of these um, movies and I want to see which one uh-huh. you pick. Scream series mm-hmm. Jurassic Park series mm-hmm. or Jumanji so if we're going through uh, with those choices I would say that Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies of all time so you give me that. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. Like, I bet you he liked Jurassic Park. Yeah, again, Park. I was the kid. Um, you know, my parents can attest to this. Like, I was the kid in nature. Like, I loved and had all things uh, dinosaurs and the animal kingdom. I grew up, like, reading zoo books and shit like that and actually playing with real non-human animals. So uh, Jurassic <laughs> Park came out when I was like three, I want to say, and I, I grew up off that movie. And I, I, it's funny you mention it because today I was thinking to myself, like, I'm in a Jurassic Park mood, so I'll be Jurassic Park. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, yeah. so favorite J Lo song. Mm, J Lo. You love J Lo, <laughs> and I see that. I just see it. Except for the fact that you hate Leos, but we'll talk about that okay. later. Um, so, Jayla, <laughs> is a Leo. Uh, she's my favorite Leo. Uh, J-Lo, uh, I love her. I call her my forever girl. I love her. Um, my favorite J-Lo song would probably have to be... Oh, this is tough. I would probably have to say, if you have, if you have my love... Yeah, that's okay. that's my oh god. When the beat just comes on, I smile like you just get. That. 
Now, I feel like you're smiling right now. You get that sense of nostalgia, like, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, with a song. Like, I miss those days. Like, music. Ooh, what about music video? Her, my favorite music video of her. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I would say my favorite music video of J-Lo. Ooh, that's, that's tough. I would either say Waiting for Tonight. Okay, for tonight is my favorite, even though you know I love you know her and Jaru songs and stuff like that. But I would say waiting for tonight for sure, just with the green. I love green and the lights and the plants and stuff. It was that that video is a whole vibe. Like again, nineties, early two thousands, such a great time. I love um, the video. I'm glad. <laughs> like it was different. Showing that yeah. body. And because I'm corny, I like all I have because I think I was going through a breakup at that time when it came really? out. So I was just like, yes, girl, let's go cry in this Wait, house. how old are you? Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> okay, Kenny. <laughs> how do you I think don't I guess am? black people's ages. That's a good thing. I'm, I turned 32. Okay, I turned 32 in December. Ha, I'm older you. <laughs> I know, and I'm gonna hold it up. A breakup during that that song came out in like um, I think ninth grade because I, I graduated in '08. Yeah, that's when I was dating girls. I graduated oh, '07. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, favorite ball scene moment, ballroom scene moment. If you guys don't know what the ballroom scene is, um, just look at Paris is Burning on yes. YouTube. Let's see. Because Kenny, because he's multidimensional and has very many talents, he knows how to vogue. But also, he won't show me any videos of him voguing. So, just going to have to take his word. Yeah, all the videos, I think uh, they were on YouTube possibly. And this was like back in 2008, 2009. So, um, I got got introduced to the ballroom scene uh, when I was fresh into the gay scene in Detroit. I was 18 years old. And uh, I just remember going to my first ball and I was, I saw voguing, but the funny thing is like, I remember thinking I called it sashaying for some reason. Cause I, cause I mean, again, this was 2008. So like, we didn't have that. We had RuPaul was like the, the gay figure Mm -hmm. here. Right. So I just remember hearing like sashay Shantae and stuff. And I thought that that's what it was called. But my friend who had been in a, who had been in the gay scene at least uh, for like the last two years was like, oh girl, like that's, that's Vogue and stuff. And I'm like, what? And he's like, let me show you all these videos. And he sent me all these videos on YouTube of like, I mean, the, the legendary iconic um, and so many of them have, you know, uh, passed on and stuff, but. Yeah. What? Like the ninja? I mean, the Laura, you know, I mean, uh, Cassandra oh, Ebony, yeah. um, you know, literally, you know, I Laomi's still with us. I come, yeah, um, you know, uh, Katrina Ebony, uh, at the time, Kevin Jordan Zion, like, I loved them, like, oh my god, so that's how you learn, I from learned, videos. yeah, I learned from YouTube videos, um, and that's when YouTube was very fresh, so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned from YouTube, and then I would say like my favorite ballroom moment was when I got picked in a house. Like, 
because Detroit was very much, I think in most cities that have been uh, legendary as far as like ballroom scenes goes, like your New York, which is the, the, the pinnacle, obviously, Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, the East Coast and Detroit and Chicago um, are heavy ballroom, um, you know, scenes and stuff. And now they're starting to stretch across the country. But uh, I would say that... I just, you know, I wanted to do it. And you got the gay scene and you got the ballroom scene, totally two different worlds. And I wanted to dabble in both. And I got pushed back from the gay scene because they were like, oh, you don't want to be no ball kid because the ballroom scene ten- tended to be, you know, people who are a little bit, you know, like not as <laughs> privileged and they, they right. had a, had yeah, a they rougher from rougher uh, settings and stuff like that, and they had the the houses and stuff, and they used to fight. You know, like everybody, you gonna get a mm-hmm. good fight. Um, so it was just like you don't want to be a ballroom kid. I'm like, bitch, I'm gonna do what the fuck I want. I don't know who y'all think y'all talking to. I was about to say you giving you was real snappy when you was. Like, I've been snappy 19. my whole life. Again, as a sad, do not. Mm-hmm. Y'all had that mouth on y'all. I'm a sad That's person. the worst thing you try to do is try to control us and tell us what we can't do. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, yeah, oh, let me show like, you. Like, I'm gonna do it's it. Like, okay. So, yeah, um, I was voguing. I went to a, a major ball in Detroit, and I was voguing this 007. And if y'all don't know, uh, when you're voguing or when you're doing anything in a ballroom as 007, it means you're a free agent. So. So yeah, if okay. whatever your name is, whatever nickname you want to give yourself, you know, I went I always went by my name, you know, Kenny. So uh, they had Virgin Vogue, they presented it, and I got my ass on the on that walk, and I, I hit it and hit the beat, and I mean it was hundreds of people, and I was in a dip. I was still on the flow, literally on the floor, and <laughs> I got my tens. It went ten, 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 ten. And they said, which house are you, uh, you know, little cute nigga? And I'm like, um, I'm like, I'm a 007. And they said, oh. And the legendary house of Escada um, picked me up. Thank yes. Uh, the, they, the house mother and father, they were like, oh, you with us now. And then that's when, I'll never forget, that's when, like, the commentator was like, oh, shit. Y'all going the old school way. Y'all picking bitches up off the floor. That's an old school. Way. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, and it was it was kind of like how when you see like pose, I saw a lot of like again, like what mm-hmm. that old school way looks like when you were just fresh and they saw something and you they said, bitch, you come with us. It was like that. So that was my favorite uh ballroom era. Um, but also like my favorite ballroom memory. Okay, so you always have that inner light that people um, are gravitating. I guess so. You know, I I was just doing like I just always like doing what I like to do, and luckily, what I like to do doesn't hurt people. But you know, I wanted to Vogue. I learned how to do it. I enjoy it still to this day. I hear it beat. Yeah. Hey, play. (laughs) Sorry, my cousin just came back. Okay, so. I, I love that story. I, I still want to see a video, but I might have to vote for you. I'm on the phone. We'll see. Okay. So what would you tell young Kenny 
with everything that you know now. Let's say like fifteen year old kid. Ooh, what would you tell that's him? a good one. I like I like talking about that with sometimes. So what I would tell my younger self, um, because I went through a lot, but you know, my a lot wasn't as much as some people's who may have had it worse. And not to undermine my struggle at all, you know, but I do realize that I didn't have it as bad, um, but it was still bad for me because I like to be comfortable. You know, my life was not very comfortable uh, when it came to my internal struggle, being gay, being black, being a young gay black man in Michigan at the time, you know, in the early 2000s, I used to have to, you know, do the opposite of who I am, which is, I wasn't able to be myself. You know, I wasn't able to be free. Uh, yeah, you did talk about the survival yeah. kind of thing. That you Listen, oh God, that's another thing that was like triggering me, but I was like, I totally understand what but, you were talking about. A lot of people might not know what that survival thing is for us. But yeah, it's survival. It's thing. a survival tactic to, you know, I like yeah. not be yourself. Like that's I knew what we had to do to survive. Good. Like, like I'm, I'm that. the king of doing what needs to be done. Like still to this day, like I'm, I am very much the king of doing what needs to be done. You know, I have to always make the, t- the tough decisions. Um, I have to make the, the rough decisions, the executive decisions. I have to think as objective as possible in, in certain ways to make certain decisions. And I've always been that way. So I had to do what I had to do at the time. And who I was and that was torture I mean you know because I was coming from that traumatizing moment in eighth grade I didn't want to have a repeat in ninth grade and 10th grade and 12th grade and all that shit right so I had to monitor and fine tooth comb uh, uh, monitor how I may talk how I may react to certain things how I may run how I may laugh I mean literally everything how walk like I was always uh conscious of who and what I was doing so I think um me being a very conscious person about who I am and like and me being able to check myself I think uh the root of that has as good and as bad you know um origins because I was having to be self-conscious at such an early age so now it benefits mm-hmm. me now it benefits me, but at the time it was, it was you know, a detriment. So I would just tell myself, um, you know, at 15 years old, um, I was I was a future thinker my whole life. So anything that happened that was bad, I was always thinking about like, you know what, I'm gonna move to LA, I'm moving to Hollywood at 18, fuck this, all these people gonna be broke, they're gonna be bums, and all this shit, like this is what I would tell myself, like, you're gonna I'm like you're gonna be 18 you're gonna move to LA you're gonna be a go-go dancer you're gonna be the male version of J-Lo and you're gonna be <laughs> hey look that's what you I still that's can why you tell myself can. I'm like you know you're gonna have uh friends with good conversation and you're gonna listen to good music and and dim lips like literally this is what I would paint for myself so I'm glad I didn't move to LA at 18 uh because this is not a place for 18 year old no, no, not at all. Especially yeah, not with the plan 21 and up, for sure. <laughs> but 
I'm glad I ended up moving uh-huh. at 22. I mean, that's still like a fucking child at this age, not looking back. But um, mm-hmm. I would just tell myself at 15, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything that you want, you're going to have. Every goal that you set, you're going to hit, you're going to achieve. When you achieve it, you know, I'm going to tell myself, you're going to have what you want. Um, and everything that you're thinking now about what the people who are, you know, causing um, trouble in your life, they're going to be in those in those positions in real life, you know. Um, so I would I would definitely just look myself in the eye and say, you know, what, hey, little Kenny, um, you're going to be good. It's going to be good. Just just wait. Keep doing what you're doing. It's going to be good. So. So, yeah. That's that's a conversation I like to have with people uh, whenever I can have like a big group setting about what they would tell their younger selves. So I'm used to people crying. I mean, sometimes it, it makes me emotional a little bit. It makes me a little misty. I, uh, well, you had your cry for the week. Then <laughs> um, I um, already talked about the the touchy topic oh, that, that I wanted a- to touch on, but. What's last? Yeah, I thought you were going to get all emotional. No. I mean, that's a, you know, tough things we're talking about. You know, the past is not always a pleasant oh, thing. I'm a solution based individual. On. So, um, another thing, another Sad thing energy. About me, mm-hmm. because I don't like being com- uncomfortable, I am very much a strategic person. So, if I'm having a situation that is unfavorable in my life, I deal with it and then I, automatically start planning how to get out of that situation and this can be for anything that affects me in life i mean literally anything so i'm very strategic in in making sure that i come out on top um and i don't yeah like i just (laughs) don't like feeling uncomfortable you know so i don't like being in that in that mindset so talking about the past it's like okay you know because i've worked on it at that point so it's, it's, it's been done. It's, it's in the past now, you know, so yeah. Okay. Well, I only have one more question for you. This is per like an episode that I listened to that was very mm-hmm. triggering and I told you about. Yes. So, what is a toxic trait that you think you have as a gay man? And how are so, you working on it? my toxic trait, so we're going to bring everything full circle because my friends know I bring shit to full circle. So my toxic trait, uh, mm-hmm. so I did give you guys a little summary of who I am and just representing uh, the Sagittarius Zodiac sign. Uh, I'm naturally optimistic. So with that optimism, again, it's not optimistic until the point where I'm naive, but it is curiosity-based, but also looking at the silver lining in any cloud so sometimes um, I could see the potential in people and I don't mm-hmm. fall for people often. So when I do meet a guy who's more than just attractive, he's somebody who intrigues me um, or interests me, you know, I want to know more about him and stuff like that. That doesn't happen too often. So that's why I don't date often. I don't fall in love. Ooh, so when I do meet somebody who, tips off my radar of intrigue i converse with them we we connect and everything like that and i'll start seeing you know whatever it is 
that's in them, you know, and uh, I can see where they're going. I can see their potential, you know, and it has been uh, to my detriment in some, in certain situations where uh, I just happened to deal with the wrong person at the wrong time, possibly. So you feel like you've fall fallen for people's potential. That has been when I, yeah, I, when I look, all. but it's been, that's been my, my main thing. When I look back and self-reflect on everything, on all the men I've mm-hmm. loved, um, it's, it was the potential. They're great men in their own rights. Yeah. They're all great guys Same. in their own rights and stuff like that, but they weren't ready um, for what it was at the time. And um, I just happened to, uh, my third eye just happened to open up a little bit too far into their future and not too much to their present. And uh, I fell for that. So that's been a consistent thing. So that's why I say like, you know, I've made a point from, you know, my last, uh, the last love that I did have, you know, that ended in December of 2020 is I need to make sure that I always listen to my intuition and uh, I kind of got to cut out that natural voice that is of second nature of me, um, of that optimistic, like, you know, oh, well, let's see, you know, I, I need to quiet that voice a little bit. So I've been making a, a point and it's, it's not easy. You know, this is the everyday. When it comes yeah. natural to you, it's not an everyday, it's, it's an everyday struggle and it's not easy at all. So it's work. It's, it's literally work. Um, but I'm willing to do that work because, you know, as I live, I have to make sure that I'm constantly evolving. So, you know, if I want the love that I, that I truly want that I manifest, I have to work on myself. And I, again, I can't be up there falling for potential. I got to listen to that inner voice, that gut, you know, people call it the spirit, whatever. You call it. Mm, talk yeah, about so, it. Yeah. Your third that eye. Third eye, honey. That. Let me tell you, I, I got to, sometimes it's just mm-hmm. like fuck. So that has been my toxic trait for sure, hands down. So, yeah. Oh, I'm working, you're on, working it. on it, and um, per, you know, we talked about this earlier. That's mm-hmm. kind of my problem too. But um, it's all perspective. Like once you see that that's yeah. something that you need to work on, just. Yeah, bring it on back in. Yes, like I say, it's a lot of self-reflecting that I do. Um, Again, being a loner, a natural loner at heart, I'm always in my head. I'm always uh, fixing things and figuring things out. So again, to make my life better. So and and people around me, you know, people I love and stuff like that. So so yeah, um, it's it's an everyday struggle, y'all. It's it takes practice, and I'm not there. You know, I'm not perfect in this in this way. It's it's gonna take some work so uh yeah that's my that's my toxic trait okay well thank you so much Thanks for, for having me kenny um oh this God. was very interesting which i mean <laughs> i knew it was going to be interesting um you still didn't sing for me that's Give okay me some wine um, and maybe I, you know if if look if y'all happen to to view my my story on Instagram or something like that, which uh, it, if y'all don't know, it's Kenny Heflin on Instagram on Clubhouse. However, you want to find me, it's it's there. Sometimes I have wine, and sometimes I get in my feelings because a song will touch me, and I might start singing, and I'll post it. 
you know, a little bit. Well, we, we will be on the lookout. And y'all, please go listen to his podcast, Nude Radio. It's going to put you in your feelings, but um, I feel like it's going to be worth yes. it for season two, which this topic yes. is. Yeah, like I say, um, I had to scrap the first uh, version of the first episode of season two because it was very violent. And uh, yeah, I was really shaking <laughs> tables. I was shaking a house, actually. I'm good with I want to hear a clip. Yeah, we'll have to probably. I'll, I'll let you listen to uh, that a little bit of it. You know, <laughs> ooh, ooh, it was that bad. Ooh, it was bad. <laughs> season two is going to be violent, y'all, uh, because you know, just to give y'all a little preview of season two of Newt Radio. Um, if you guys have been listening to season one, I know a lot of people like to binge listen. Uh, however you want to listen, by all means, mm-hmm. as long as you support, I love it. I'm thankful for it. Um, but season one, I definitely was uh, hopeful. It was me having a good time. Um, I had the possibility of love on the table, and I was very hopeful to achieve that because I was ready. And I still, I'm not ready right now, but I was ready at the time for my forever do, my <laughs> partner my companion so you'll see that journey and you'll see uh what happens uh at the end of season one but season two i'm i'm looking for just fun you know i'm looking to fall in love with life um and to have that happiness that we spoke about when we first started this conversation so i'm just looking to you know create experiences the last few months i've definitely created some interesting experiences uh thanks to clubhouse okay and, um mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost out at clubhouse i'm, I'm glad people, I met people and i've people. gone to know them so yeah i'm not going, mm-hmm. i'm not going to expose people <laughs> but i've been a little busy i've been you know getting back to my other version side of myself uh which is one of many sides of who i am but uh i've definitely been having some sex okay. uh yeah yeah and i have a, <laughs> a trip that's coming up uh and it's a group of people from clubhouse that's coming up in uh next week oh, so yeah. i feel like that's gonna be pretty interesting so um yeah just look for for season mm. two of new radio uh look for for some fun ratchetness and uh we'll see what happens like who knows i'm excited though I am as well. Okay. That's all I have for you. I gotta edit all this shit, but oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much again. Kenny, so much fun. I didn't think it was gonna last this long. Look at you. I I guess what it does. But um, I'll let thank you, you go. for having thank me. So I appreciate much. it so much. I look forward to hearing the finished product and, of course, conversing with you offline. Absolutely. I want okay. to send you something right now, actually. Thanks. All Bye, right. Josh. Bye, Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, love. Bye. Bye.
Alright guys, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode with Kenny. Oh, one of my favorite Sages. Um, speaking of, um, this episode is dedicated to DMX. It's also a Sagittarius. Um, great loss we just had in the community. Um, also, shout out to my mother whose birthday is on the 14th. Happy birthday, mommy. Alright guys, until next time, remember to love yourself and continue to spread the inner light. Bye.